The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. The support has been quite overwhelming in the past couple of weeks, and I wanted to take the time to first thank you for listening. Um, All the kind comments, messages, and reposts on social media, um, I really appreciate it. The ratings and comments on the actual podcast app, um, Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. The love is definitely real and I appreciate um, all of the support and um, the kind words as I've launched uh, this podcast and this new endeavor and um, I just really wanted to say that I appreciate you all. I ask that you continue to help me promote the podcast by sharing um, as we have different episodes. Um, and even if you would like to send the direct link to an episode to someone who you feel would benefit, um, listening to, um, that particular episode. Um, I appreciate all your help in this new endeavor and I hope that we can further grow together and also grow our tribe. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we are still in the foundational stage of the podcast, and I want to continue to allow you to get to know me a little bit better. So um, this episode and some others um, that I'll do in the near future will shed some light to some seasons that I've experienced and how I've pushed through. But before we do that, um, I wanted to give a quick Uh, recap of the episodes that we have had um, in the past week. Um, So the first episode, uh, because we launched with three uh, episodes, the first one, episode 00, was about um, really the infertility podcast. So I had an opportunity to answer questions of who the podcast is for, what we will discuss, and a very brief intro uh, to myself. Um, episode number one was the four seasons of life. And in that episode, I had, um, the opportunity to share the four seasons that are the foundation of my ministry and my coaching business. And those seasons are, um, planting and preparation, watch and wait, enhancement and elevation and committed and consistent. In episode two, um, we talked about grace during infertility, and I talked about the power and the importance of grace during the season of infertility, and really any season, um, and remembering to not only uh, give grace to other people, but to also have grace for yourself. So today, our topic is the seven-year wait. 
Um, as I've hinted in a previous podcast, uh, prior to being married, I was in a waiting period or waiting season for about seven years. So um, although I'm happily married and um, have celebrated a little bit over three years of marriage, I got married on December 20th uh, in 2015. I remembered the waiting period, the waiting season vividly. Um, My husband and I dated in our collegiate years, but after some time, um, we kind of took what we term a quote unquote mutual breakup. Uh, We did not reunite until seven years later. So during that watch and wait season, I experienced many ups and downs, especially emotion-wise. There were days where I was happy to be single so I can get myself prepared for my future. I was focused and so... I, there was, um, you know, a time period within those seven years that I was happy to be um, single. Other days, I had many doubts that my day would come. In my season of singleness, I walked in many uh, weddings, meaning I was part of the bridal party. I attended many weddings and there were times where I felt like it was salt on a open wound. The importance of getting through this type of season in what I term watch and wait is to formulate the strategies necessary to cope and push through. For me, the strategies varied throughout the years. Um, As I stated, there were many ups and downs. Um, In the beginning, it was really hard um, after the breakup. And I think any breakup is hard. But it's especially difficult when you still have feelings for the other person. Uh, So I made the decision to cut off my now husband. His name is Woody. Um, After the breakup, I completely cut him off. And by cutting him off, I mean blocking his number off of my phone, removing him off of social media. Uh, Your girl was really good with the cutoff game. Uh, Sidebar, uh, later down the line, I realized this wasn't the best way to deal with things. Um, That's another episode entirely. But, you know, I think we we talk about, you know, cutting people off and and um, and make it seem that it's something positive and. In retrospect, I realized that I did not have the ability to really communicate um, how I was feeling and what I was going through. And so not dealing with it was my solution. Um, And so there are times where you, you know, quote unquote, you know, cut someone off or love someone um from a distance, there are individuals in life where that, you know, it pertains to them. But um, in, in this instance, uh, I think I took a little bit of a immature route in cutting him completely off. Um, so I cut Woody off because I just decided that the feelings were still fresh and I needed to remove myself entirely. 
So as I embarked on my season of singleness, as I stated, I went through many ups and downs and really what I term cycles. I went through a lot of cycles and I went through the cycle of being down, being sad. I went through the cycle of um, being, you know, the independent woman. I don't need a man, you know, all Beyonce. Um, I went through the cycle of going on dates and that was probably the worst cycle um, because I was preaching about faith and waiting on God and here I was taking matters into my own hands. And so, you know, during that cycle of quote unquote dating, I would go out on dates and sometimes realize, hey, this is not going to really go anywhere. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, why am I putting myself through this if I know that this is not going to go long term? And ultimately, I wanted to be married. So um, I really took matters into my own hands during that time period. So after I went through all of these cycles and stages, I came to the point that I really surrendered all to God. I remember reading 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32 through 34, and it says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. Verse 34, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. So I really looked at the fact that in this scripture, it talks about an unmarried woman. Her concern is the Lord's affairs. And the aim is to be devoted to God, both body and spirit. So I would love to say that I didn't go through many years of the cycles of being sad, um, going through the cycle of being pro-independent woman, and the cycle of going through dates, but really after year two, three, maybe four, I really began walking in ministry and assisting at my local church and really devoting my time, treasure, and talent into the local community. I helped with Sunday school, I was um, teaching and leading a youth group and hosting small group sessions. Uh, my strategy really was to keep busy, uh, both spiritually and in other aspects of my life. I joined some amazing uh, organizations within my area, one of which is um, the Central Florida Urban League Young Professionals, and I met some amazing like-minded individuals and through that organization made some long-lasting friendships 
Um, I joined the organization back in 2009 and there is a group of us that are still friends. Um, some of us have even grown and um, have partnerships and a business together. Um, and all of that was because I made the decision to step out of um, my comfort zone and step out of, you know, feeling sad and, and um, down and really just trying to make a change to um, make myself better. And so I am very grateful uh, for those friendships um, that I attained through that organization. I started and completed my master's program during the seven-year wait. And also uh, during that season, God really pressed on my heart to walk fully into my calling and I became a licensed minister. So while obtaining my master's degree in human resources management, I was um, going through the process um, and taking courses to become a licensed minister within my denomination. So as you can see, I kept myself pretty busy. Um, but this was my way of coping and being um, able to get through the waiting season and not focusing on the fact that, hey, I'm not married yet. So I was very, very um, involved in both um, my church and organizations within the community. Uh, during this season, I can honestly say I felt the closest to God. Um, I was able to wake up really early, um, pray, do my devotion. When I would get back home um, from work, I would usually, you know, get my schoolwork done and then go back into um, really studying and meditating the word. I had no real responsibilities at that point, which, and it was only like going to work and doing my schoolwork. And um, so my time was, um, you know, I had more time to do things for myself spiritually. And so I felt, you know, the closest to God. Um, this is also the time period where I really became uh, a mentor to a lot of young ladies um, that I was in contact with. And so, you know, God really, you know, put that fire in my heart to uh, mentor uh, young women and to assist them through uh, whatever season they were going through, even at that time, even though I was going through uh, a season of uh, singleness. I realized that um, I was being spiritually equipped, not only for myself, um, not only for my future spouse, but really for what what God called me to do. Um, at that time period, I was laying down the foundation to who I was spiritually. And um, I really got to know God in a different way in that season. And um, I realized now that that season was really uh, a time of preparation for me to um, understand God, to understand his word, to understand his level of faithfulness. And so um, looking back, I realized that I was being spiritually equipped 
for what was to come. Um, there were some challenges. I went through a year of always being the bridesmaid and never the bride. Um, and even now, if I think about my my uh, season right now of infertility, I feel like this year has been the year where I've attended the most baby showers. And so um, during the, that season of singleness and even now with dealing with infertility, I made sure that um, I continued to support, you know, I went to the weddings and those who chose me to be part of their bridal party, I um, always said yes, because I always felt that if the shoe was on the other foot, I would want that type of support. And so um, I made sure that I always led with that um, in my mind and um, knew that God was going to um, make a way, you know. I um, dealt with a lot of, like I said, emotions, uh, you know, good days, bad days. And I really had to cling to different verses um, that helped me get through uh, this that season. And so I had to get an old uh, prayer journal to, to remind myself of what verses I was u- utilizing at that time. You know, uh, the, the verses I'll share, I had them um, written on post-it notes, index cards, um, within my prayer journal, and it just served as a reminder that uh, God was with me and he did not forget about me, um, even in those time periods where I felt like he did forget. Um, the first one I want to share is Psalm 46, verse 10, which says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be still means don't fret. God has it under control. And I know that's hard to hear, especially those who I call my fellow control freaks. But be still. Don't fret. God has it under control. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So just because things are not adding up or looking as you have planned it, keep going. The harvest is coming. I know that as women, we uh, have things mapped out and planned out. I want to you know, finish school at this age. I want to um, be married at this age and I want to have children at this age. And we have it all mapped out. Um, as I said, I got to a point where I was at full surrender with God and said, Lord, you know, this is your will and whatever you want to happen, I just surrender myself. And I was reminded that we only see a piece of the puzzle and we only hold that one piece of the puzzle and God sees the whole picture. And if we would just allow him to do what he says he's going to do, we know that we will reap the harvest if we don't give up. Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. When God speaks, it will come into completion. There is nowhere in the Bible that God spoke 
and it did not come to pass. What he says with his mouth, his hands will complete. Isaiah 40 uh, verse 31 is the last uh, verse I want to share with you. It says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. So it says that we, even in our point of weakness, if we wait on on the Lord, he will renew our strength. That is a promise. And that verse further goes on and says, we will mount up with wings like eagles. We will run and not be weary and we will walk and not be faint. All of these verses were written on post-it notes that I placed on my desk, in my car, index cards that I had on my bedroom dresser, on my um, bathroom mirror. And as I stated, I um, love writing things out. And so even within my prayer journal, I had uh, these verses written out. And they were placed in areas where I can see them frequently. And it served as a um, sense of encouragement for me to keep pushing and to stay on track. And um, this is something that I still use to this day. Um, It's a coping mechanism that I still practice. I still have verses written out on my desk and, and it changes through seasons, you know. Um, because we go through different things and, and um, the scripture serves as a sense of encouragement for us through any season that we're in. Um, and so this is something that I definitely still utilize um, and would encourage you to uh, do as well uh, as you are embarking in different seasons in your life. So um, during the seven year wait, I learned so much about myself. Um, what I wanted in life, what was truly important to me, what I stood for, um, what was my purpose. Um, that was one of the biggest uh, questions that was answered for me uh, during that season. And I learned so much about other people, <laughs> um, specifically about friendships uh, during the seven year wait, uh, who was for me, who was against me. Um, who, you know, I needed to keep in the next season I was going in and those I had to love from a distance. Um, and so God really revealed many things to me during that seven year wait. So I know you're probably wondering how did Woody and I get back connected? So although we had um, mutual friends, we went to the same college, so we had a lot of mutual friends, um, our friends really uh, respected our boundaries, meaning, you know, if we were having conversations, they would not bring up the other person. So for example, if I was having a conversation with a mutual friend, they wouldn't bring up Woody. And um, I mean, there was some that did that, but it was, it was jokingly, but for the most part, you know, the boundaries were definitely respected. Um, And so um, it was when I experienced a death um, of a, of a family member or a family friend, um, and it hit really close to home. Um, when he passed, um, his cousin was at odds with him and they never reconciled. So I imagine the guilt that he was feeling. And I decided that I would make it right with those who I had um, cut off 
um, at that point, and it was pretty much only witty. Um, and I really had to humble myself, you know, um, and, you know, with those type of conversations, you really never know how it's going to go. So I prayed about it um, even before that um, conversation. I had received so much confirmation um, and prophecy about um, marrying him, um, but I was not at the point where I wanted to be the one to initiate anything. So when we got in contact, um, the conversation was very short. Um, I called and I said, you know, I'm sorry for how I handled things. Um, I apologize for the way I reacted, you know, by cutting him off and blocking him on, you know, different platforms. And, um, I wanted him to know that I didn't want something to happen to either of us and it be that we were at odds. And so I wanted to clear the air and, um, just say that I really was not harboring anything in my heart against him. Um, And I think going back to that earlier point of cutting people off and ghosting people, um, you know, there there are people who I understand that um, others may feel they need to cut off and do this, that, and the third. But it's important that we know, like, within our heart, we don't hold anything against that individual or those individuals. And so um, I really wanted to convey that, you know, I had nothing in my heart against him or anyone else um, and just wanted to um, clear the air. So we had some small talk um, caught up on, you know, what was going on in our families because, you know, we had um, relationships with each other's families and and making sure everyone was fine. And um, he had to cut the conversation off um, because he was pretty much headed headed to, I believe, a birthday dinner or something. So that was the end of that. But after that conversation, um, we talked more often um, and it was pretty obvious that the feelings were still there but we had a lot of unanswered questions um Woody was living in North Carolina at the time I was still in Florida uh we were both well into our careers um and stable um within our careers and we just had a lot of unanswered questions on how uh, we would make it work but for me I just stood on all the prophecy and confirmation I received that he was the one for me. And I just knew, you know, if he was the one for me, God would work it out. And he did. (laughs) Um, We dated about a year, I believe. And he proposed in the month of March of um, that year. And we got married in December. So in March 2015, he proposed and we got married December 20th. And um, our engagement, (laughs) uh, his proposal, I should say, was um, amazing. He he did that. So I I just thank God that I waited. Um, It was not easy. (laughs) <laughs> but I am so glad I waited. Um, 
one of the things I always drive home to the young ladies that I minister, minister to and speak to is, you know, what God has for you is worth the wait. Um, and don't settle, you know, for me at that point, I had already been waiting four or five years and had in my mind, like, I'm not settling, you know? And so I was very adamant about that. Um, it's important, you know, to speak to God and say, you know, this is what I need. However, know that God knows what you need. You can have a list of what you want, you know, I want him this high, I want him to look like this, or she has to look like this and blah, blah, blah. All those are great things. But ultimately, God knows what you need. And if I look back on um, my life and where I am now, God knew exactly what I needed in a spouse. He knew I needed someone who would understand the weight of the responsibility that I have as a minister, the weight of the responsibility that I have um, to those that I'm leading. And the fact that I have, you know, many individuals depending on me. And so um, my husband's so understanding of, uh, you know, my walk and my calling and uh, my ministry and is very supportive of, you know, me going out to speaking engagements and being out in the community to, um, you know, market my my brand. And um, he's usually the one setting up, <laughs> carrying t-shirts and doing all of that and um, very vigilant of making sure everything is done correctly and in a spirit of excellence. And so, um out of everything that I may have listed that I wanted, there's some things that I didn't realize that I needed, you know? And so um, I said all that to say, you know, although the seven-year wait was difficult, I can't lie about that. It was hard. But I know now looking back that it was necessary. It was necessary for the both of us. Um, and I look forward to having him on till his side of the story, which will, of course, be very interesting um, to <laughs> shed light to uh, maybe what uh, he experienced during that seven year wait. Um, because for me, I didn't commit to anyone else um, during that seven year wait. I was truly single, although I was going out on dates of that, you know, the cycle that I'm not too proud of. <laughs> I, um, really never like committed to someone and said, okay, this is my boyfriend and bring him home and did all of that. No. So, um, it was truly, um, a seven year wait period. Um, again, you know, I went through all those emotional, emotional roller coasters, the ups and downs. And ultimately during the watch and wait season, I had to find a way to cope. I had to put in place strategies that allowed me to overcome, um, to overcome that season and overcome it successfully. And so um, that's really what I wanted to share with you all on um, this episode. 
So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. And I look forward to speaking with you again. God bless. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.